Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. Father, we thank you for the privilege of studying your Word together. We do so in the name of Jesus, inviting the Holy Ghost to be our teacher and guide to enlighten us, instruct us, and enlarge our capacity to receive revelation knowledge of all the things that pertain to life and godliness. And Father, I thank you for utterance in the Holy Ghost. Speak through my lips and think through my thoughts. And Father, I believe that your word will not return void. It will accomplish that which you purpose and please and prosper in our lives. We're until you send it. And we'll give you all the praise for all that it does. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. First John chapter 5. And we want to look at verse 4. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Are you born again this evening? Amen. Then you already are a world overcomer. Say it with me. I'm a world overcomer. Thank God for that. Amen. Amen. And you're a world overcomer. How? By your faith. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. In other words, whatever it is that comes against us in the world, we can get right into the Word of God. We can step into the arena of faith and overcome it. Can you say amen? amen. Glory to God. We can get right into the Word of God, find out what it says, step into the arena of faith and overcome whatever it is that comes against us in this life. That's a world overcomer by our faith. And thank God for it. Well, I want you to turn with me, if you would, please, to Romans chapter 3. And I want us to look at verse 27. And I want us to understand that we can be sure of this because faith is a spiritual law. We can be certain that as we operate in the arena of faith, we will overcome any obstacle the world brings our way. Because faith is a spiritual law that always works. Can you say amen? Faith is a spiritual law that never fails and that always works. In this verse, we read, where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law? Of works? Nay. But by the law of faith. And if you haven't underlined that or highlighted that in your Bible, do so. Know that faith is a law. It's a spiritual law that always works. Now to bring it to our level of understanding, let's explain it this way. How many of you had mathematics in school? How many of you enjoyed it? My goodness, I see a few out there. Well, mathematical laws work, don't they? Certainly they do. I mean, we know that one plus one equals Amen. And also, it doesn't really matter who works it, it's the same. And they'll get the same answer if they work it correctly. Isn't that true? Let, let me give you a more difficult problem. <laughs> a little bit more difficult. A squared plus B squared equals C squared. That's simple. How is it that if you, if you speak in terms of numbers, it's not too bad. But once you start getting into letters, everybody goes off into another world somewhere. If you're trying to find, let's say, a side of a triangle, you can follow the rule or the law that says A squared plus B squared equals C squared. How many of you believe that? My goodness, you didn't know you were going back to school this evening, did you? I appreciate your enthusiasm tonight. <laughs> well, 
Well, if A equals 3 and B equals 4, what's C? Excellent. It's 5. Because 3 squared plus 4 squared equals 25. 9 plus 16 is 25. And 25, the square root of 25 is what? 5. So then A squared plus B squared equals C squared, which is 5. If it's 3 and 4. And you can use that principle, that formula, that law, that mathematical law, and you can find any side of the triangle that way if you know two sides. Now, that's pretty simple, isn't it? You can use 6, 8, and you'll come up with 10. But the point is, no matter what numbers you use, the law works. A squared plus B squared equals C squared. And that works all the time, no matter what numbers you use. Well, beloved, faith also is a spiritual law that works all the time when it's properly followed. Now, I remember sitting in algebra class besides other individuals who had a very difficult time understanding the laws, the formulas, and the principles. And I would sit down and just go right on through it, you know, and study it and do it and, and all that, and I never had a problem with it. But I'd be in the same class with other individuals, and there were those who were actually failing the class because they just could not grasp it. Can you see that? Does their inability to grasp it mean that mathematical laws don't work? No. They still work. Doesn't matter who works them. If you work them properly and correctly, they still work. And if someone doesn't know how to work those problems, it's still a law and it still works even though they may not come up with the right answer. And they may not understand how to go through step by step and, you know, get the results of the correct answer. I want you to turn with me, if you would, please, to Matthew's go or Mark's Gospel, rather, chapter 11. And I want to share with you the formula of faith. Faith is a spiritual law that always works when one follows the formula. It is a law that never fails to work. Just like mathematical laws are designed to work, spiritual laws are designed to work, and we have got to develop that kind of a mindset. We have got to focus in on the fact that faith is a spiritual law, it is designed to always work, and it does always work. If it's not working, then something is wrong, just like that algebraic problem. If it is not working right as you go through it and you don't come up with the right answer, you might have to find yourself a tutor and say, please help me understand or better understand how to perform this law of mathematics. I don't clearly understand it. I'm not coming up with the right answers. I need someone to help me. You wouldn't go to the teacher and say, look, I challenge you. This does not work. Would you? Absolutely not. Because you know that it's so. It's just that you might lack understanding. In Mark 11:22, I want us to understand before we look at it that Jesus was teaching a backslidden nation how to operate in faith and believe God. If you'll recall, Jesus already said that He hasn't found faith in all of Israel that measured up to the faith of others who were not even of the household of Israel. Do you remember that? As a matter of fact, he also said when he comes again, is he going to find faith on the earth? Isn't that true? So when he came, he came in an atmosphere of doubt and unbelief. 
And people did not really fully understand how to believe God and apply the principles of God's Word to their lives. They had a covenant with God. They had covenant rights and privileges, but they lacked revelation or understanding regarding how to appropriate those things by the law of faith. And so Jesus curses a fig tree, and the fig tree dies, drying up from the root. His disciples see it. They marvel at it, and then Jesus goes on to explain, first, the law of faith. And we want to look at some things here before we actually get into the formula. Number one, he is teaching a backslidden people how to believe God, once again, and operate in the realm of faith. In verse 22, Jesus answering, saith unto them, have faith in God, or as my margin reads, have the God kind of faith. And so, number one, the thing we have to understand is this. This is a spiritual kind of faith. It involves the God kind of faith. And therefore, it will involve spiritual or supernatural understanding. Too often, many want to wade out into the waters of faith and not really understand that there must be spiritual revelation regarding its operation. Just like in algebra, you might look at it one time and think you've got it, but then I just don't understand. I'm not coming up with the right answer and that sort of thing. And you might have to be tutored to see it clearly. The same thing is true with regard to spiritual matters. The Bible says the natural man does not understand the things of God. They are spiritually discerned or understood. Therefore, in order for us to understand spiritual laws, and this law of faith is a spiritual law of God that always works, we need to have what? Spiritual insight. Spiritual understanding. Revelation knowledge of this spiritual law of faith and how it works and how it operates. We need to know what its formula is so that we can appropriate it in our lives and experience all the blessings that God has provided for us through the covenant. Okay? And so it's the law of faith. It is the faith of God. It is a supernatural law. And it must be understood spiritually. It must be perceived with the spiritual eye. Okay? And so we've got to clearly look into it through the help of the Holy Spirit. Next. For verily I say unto you that whosoever... Everybody say whosoever. Now say, I'm a whosoever. You are a whosoever. In other words, it doesn't matter who you are. It still applies to you. And it will work the same way for you. This is a spiritual law that anyone can operate in. In other words, the law that pertains to mathematics and algebra and algebraic equations and, and, and geometry and trigonometry and calculus and all that, they're all laws that anyone can operate in. Isn't that true? It doesn't matter who you are. Now, of course, you have to have the insight and understanding in order to do so. And if you want to, you better get the insight and understanding. Without it, you may not know how to solve the problem. Well, you see, the same thing is true here. This is for whosoever. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what your age is. It doesn't matter what your race is. It doesn't matter what your gender is. It doesn't matter what your you know, nationality is, and et cetera, et cetera. It's for whosoever. It's another important fact. If, if anyone can do it, you can, in other words. You can operate in the spiritual law of faith. And that's another mindset that you want to develop. It can be understood. I can understand it. I can perceive it. And I can operate in it because Jesus said it's for whosoever. See? Now, I don't know about you, but if you're not all that concerned about using calculus in your life today, you might just kind of forget about what you learned in school or algebra or anything like that. I can't say I use a whole lot of it in my life today. How what about you? Anybody here use a whole lot of geometry and algebra in your life? Maybe some of you are in your field of work you might, but how many of us really do? 
Well, I guess it's not all that bad that we forgot a lot of the algebra and that we learned when we were in school. But you don't want to forget spiritual laws. You do not want to forget how to operate in the laws of God. We want to learn how to apply these laws, formulas, and principles to our lives in a practical way. Because, beloved, it could be a matter of life and death. Amen? So it says, whosoever, and that means any single one of us, every one of us can operate in this law of faith. And now he reveals the formula. And here it goes. And you can put it this way. A plus B equals C. A, whosoever shall say... Under this mountain be thou removed and cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart. But shall believe. Believe what? He believes from his heart that be what he says with his mouth shall come to pass. Equals what? See, he shall have whatever he says. So if you, A, say it with your mouth and believe in your heart, that B, what you say with your mouth will come to pass, you will see, have whatever you say. That's pretty easy, isn't it? How many of you know that it's easier to look at it that way and say it that way than it is to actually walk in it? That's true, isn't it? But you see, this is very simply understood when you look at it that way. A plus B equals C. One plus one equals two. That's very simple. If you say to the mountain, be thou removed and cast into the sea and don't doubt in your heart, but believe. So the first part, the A part is that you believe in your heart that B, what you say with your mouth will come to pass, then you will See, have whatever you say. And then he goes on and explains the prayer of faith, which we'll just skip over because I'm not really referring to that right now. But then verse 25, he also shares another important fact with regard to the law of faith. And when you stand praying, forgive if you have ought against any that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses, but if you do not forgive, neither will your Father, Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. And what he is saying this is this. When you apply the law or the prayer of faith, you can't be in unforgiveness or have a wrong spiritual attitude on the inside of you, otherwise you'll short-circuit the entire thing. You see, beloved, many are forfeiting signs, wonders, and miracles because they're harboring unforgiveness or bitterness inside their hearts. Do you know that? That's the truth. Many on the inside are not maintaining a right spiritual attitude in order to operate in this law or formula of faith so that they can unleash the miracle ability of God on their behalf and experience the mighty work of God in their lives. Because of harboring unforgiveness or any wrong spiritual attitude within. And so in other words, we don't want to short circuit this law of faith. We do not want to limit what God can do through our lives by faith, by maintaining a wrong spiritual attitude inwardly. And so therefore, the same spirit that's going to bring forth the issues of life can also prevent things from happening if we allow anything contrary to pure love affected by remaining in it. Can you see that? And so let's remember this then. It's important if we're going to operate in this law of faith that always works to maintain a pure heart. 
It's also important to take each one of these steps one at a time and see to it that we fully understand the formula of faith. I must believe with my heart. And I must clearly understand what it means to believe with my heart. See, my heart is the inward man. My heart is my spirit. My heart refers to more than just my reasoning faculties or intellect. It's meaning more than just a mental ascent from the mind. It is more than an intellectual power. It is a spiritual force. I must recognize that as a spirit being, I have the ability to believe from the heart, my spirit man, and not just understand and unleash mental powers. The spirit of the man produces faith. And we must recognize the difference between mental assent and true heart faith. And there's where we need the help of the Holy Ghost to enlighten us. To quicken us inwardly in the inner man so that we can produce faith from the heart. Okay? And so then, I must believe with my heart, A, plus B, that what I say with my mouth. Notice it doesn't say, I must believe in my heart that God. It doesn't say anything about God. It says, I must develop this mindset. I must believe in my heart that what I say with my mouth, now I must invite the Holy Ghost to be my teacher, to enlighten me with regard to words, how important my words are, how powerful my words are, how effective my words are, how my words can produce life, how my words can produce death. I must ask for a guard over my lips to see to it that when I speak contrary to my true desire to myself and others, I am checked immediately so I don't release and unleash that deadly poison in my life or somebody else's. You see, there are those today that will just turn their nose up at that kind of a teaching. But beloved, that's exactly what the devil would want us to do. To see to it that we ignore this powerful law called faith so that He would take advantage of us and get us to use the very power of God in our lives against ourselves. So listen carefully. I have got to believe with my heart, my innermost being, that what I say with my mouth will come to pass. And if I do A and add B to it, I will get C, which is... I will have whatsoever I say. Whatever it is that I say, I will have. Do you realize that you're a dangerous person? Think about that for a while. If God just relaxed the laws that pertain to faith, do you know what would happen if you walked around saying, Well, I wish she dropped dead. Or I wish you dropped dead. Wow, can you imagine what would happen if God relaxed the law of faith and you said something like that? Man, I hope they fall down and break their neck. I thought I'd laugh to death. Can you imagine if, wow, you speak it, it happens. Goodness. You know that's how God is? Do you know that's how God is? Not one word from God is void of power. Anything He has ever spoken or said has come to pass. Can you say amen? It has come to pass. And what He is saying is this, I'm inviting you, I'm enticing you to hook up together with me and begin to operate in this powerful thing called faith. But this is how it works. You, speaking to them, are a backslidden nation. You have toyed with religion and you have turned your back on reality. 
you lean toward the small things and you let go of the weightier matters of the law. See, he was upset with them. And so immediately he comes to his disciples and he begins to instruct them in this all-important law of faith. Why? Because he wants them to do a mighty deed and a mighty work on the earth that will require operating in this law of faith. They weren't going to be able to do it by themselves. And so he instructs them. And likewise, we are instructed... And we are to make note of the fact that if the law of faith is not working in our lives, it's not because of God. As a matter of fact, I read somewhere in the Bible, somewhere around Malachi 3, that I am the Lord God, I change not. Somewhere in James 1, somewhere around verse 17... It says, with him, there's not even a shadow of turning. Well, if God Almighty established a spiritual law that never changes, and there's not even a shadow of turning with regard to the things that God has established and forever settled, how is it that we can think that something is wrong with the law of God and not with self? If there's any change that needs to be done, beloved, that change is where? In me. Again, mathematical laws are laws that work. They absolutely, positively work. The law of gravity is a law that works. Laws pertain to electricity, they work. And we accept that, we understand that, we recognize that, and even though you may not know one thing about the law of uh, electricity, you still enjoy it and use it every single day, right? And are you at all interested in, in finding out how it works? Some of you ladies out there, when you put your wash into your electric washing machine, all you want is to push the button and have it come on. Amen? That's all you're concerned about. Now, if you thought you had to go to school to learn about electricity and how it works, you'd have some dirty clothes in your house. You're not concerned about that. Let somebody else take care of that. Well, see, the sad thing is, beloved, we think that way sometimes about the things of God. When it comes to the things of God, we can't say, well, you know, it's a little bit intricate. It might be a little bit detailed. It might take a little bit of effort and energy. Well, let somebody else do it. See, the problem is with that, I'm not going to develop in it. I'm not going to be enlightened to it. I'm not going to be able to fully walk in it like I need to because I have a lackadaisical attitude toward it. I've got to recognize my need to change. I need to know how faith works. I need to understand what it means to believe from the heart. I need to know about my words and their power and their effectiveness and what they do and how they work. I need to know how to hook up my heart with my mouth and get the two walking together in harmony so that I can have whatever I say. I then must realize that this must be a powerful thing. It must be. And the laws are strict. Because if I just said any old thing and it immediately came to pass just like that, my goodness, I probably would have destroyed two worlds by now. Right? Think about it. Do you see how far removed we are from really understanding the true operation of spiritual laws and the laws that pertain to, to the things of God? I mean, my goodness, if we can just say anything and it would instantly come to pass, whew, we all would have done a lot of damage in all of our lives and also to the lives of others. Isn't that true? 
Okay, so we have to recognize then that this is a law that works, and it works all the time, but it must involve my understanding how it works, and then, now listen carefully, my willingness to be a responsible user of the law. Accountable to God for the things I believe from my heart and say with my mouth. I must recognize my need to adjust what I believe and what I say to line up with the Word of God so that God then can trust me with this powerful thing called faith. Now, here's a little checklist if you're having any problems in the area of faith. Make note of it. Small things, but they mean a lot. Sometimes people will try to believe things that are not in line with the will of God. And they'll try to believe something and say something that does not necessarily line up with the Word of God. And if that's the case, they will violate the law and it won't work. Someone said... If you can believe with your heart and say with your mouth what you want to come to pass, then I say I believe God right now for one million oil wells. You neither believe it or expect it. All we're trying to do is just really abuse something that is very powerful and as far as God is concerned, very precious. And trust me, beloved, I heard so, I've heard so much criticism about teaching God's people how to operate in this law of faith. I mean, personal criticism directed toward me just because we're trying to school people along in faith to get them to rise up to a place where they experience and demonstrate more faith in God. Isn't that a shame? Isn't that a sad thing right there? We don't want people to grow in faith, do we? No, we do want people to grow in faith. See? People will say you're a heretic if you believe something like that. Well, wait a minute. Jesus taught it, and he was not a heretic. That's right. Amen. He was the greatest teacher that ever walked upon the face of the earth. Amen. Amen. And so make certain that you are in line with the will of God when you start believing something and saying something. Secondly, are you full of the word? Sometimes people will want to try to believe and say something. Yet they're not filled with the Word. Jesus said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. In other words, have you got a hold of the Word on that subject in such a way that you have flooded yourself with it, you have filled yourself with it, you have fed your spirit on that Word until it's oozing out of you? Are you full of the Word with regard to whatever it is you're believing and saying. Make certain you're full of the Word of the living God. Are you in any form of unforgiveness? Ask yourself the question. I cannot be holding anything in my heart and expect to operate in this powerful law of faith. That will short-circuit the entire thing. See, if I want my words to be powerful like Jesus' words were, to speak to that tree and it obey Him, to speak to that mountain and it obey me, then I've got to maintain purity of heart. And so I once again will check and see whether or not there's anything in there that is improper. If it doesn't belong there, get it out. Make certain of it. Finally... Be certain that you're not of a spirit that is quick to give up. I mean, I'm certain there are many out here today that the moment you were done with your mathematics in school, you closed the books forever and had no interest whatsoever in mathematics. You thank God you got through it. And now shut the book and pull out the calculator. 
What's the square root of what? Right there. You want to know something else? <laughs> right? Why do you care about that? It's no concern of yours. You've got a calculator now. Don't need to have all that knowledge. So just give up on that. Forget that study and just, you know, go the short way, the shortcut way. Well, you can't take a shortcut when it comes to the things of God. Be of this mentality. Listen carefully. Syrophoenician woman went to Jesus. She tried to get to him through his disciples. They gave her a difficult time. She finally got to Jesus, and seemingly he gave her a difficult time. But there was a character that she possessed and maintained, a personality trait that was spiritual on the inside of her, that really every single one of us should pick up on, and that was this. She will not give up. There was no quit in this woman. She did not know the meaning of quit or give up. She had no idea what it meant. It was not in her vocabulary, and she would not get discouraged. She would not throw in the towel. This woman pressed on and kept saying, it doesn't matter what anyone says, what anyone does, I will get a result. In other words, this must work. See, the same thing is true in mathematics. The teacher stands there telling you, this works. And if you'll do it correctly, you will get the right result. Didn't you like those ones where they gave you these problems where you had to go step by step and show them how you got the answer? Boy, you took that calculator out real quick and got the answer out real fast. But she wanted it all written out. See? Didn't like that step, did you? Well, that's how it is when it comes to spiritual things. We've got to know that it works. We've got to know that it's a law that always works. And I am going to do what it takes, step by step, to get the answer, no matter what it takes, because I know it works. God wants us to have this mindset, beloved. He wants us to tell ourselves, look, it's a spiritual law. It's got to work. Electricity works, and you use it every day. It's got to work. Gravity works, and you're affected by it every day. Mathematical laws work. You know that. And people work them every day. Spiritual laws work and they will work for me. That's what he wants us to say. And I will not quit. I will not give up. I will not become discouraged. I will not throw in the towel. I am going to maintain a bulldog tenacity that says, I'm not letting go until I get results. She stayed with it, and she got results. Now, I want you to turn with me to Romans chapter 10. And I want to give you an example and an illustration. Now, have you ever noticed in your math book that after they gave you an equation or they gave you a formula, a mathematical formula, they always gave you an example afterwards? And you looked at that example and then you kind of followed it right along. See, they're trying to show you, now here's a problem and this is how you do it. And they would give you every step along the way. You start here. And you go right on through. For example, A squared plus B squared equals C squared. A equals 3. B equals 4. What is C? Then you go down and right below that. 3 squared plus 4 squared equals C squared. You go below that you write 9 plus 16 equals 25 Right? And then C squared is 25, and the square root of 25 is 5. 
And so you go through all these steps and you come up with the result. And there's the answer. Well, I want you to see something. Here's your example. This is our example. And I can't think of a better example. Verse 1. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness, and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. They're going about trying to get an answer without using the formula. They're trying to solve a problem that they have through another means. So listen. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. For Moses describeth the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which doeth those things shall live by them. In other words, living by the law does not equal salvation. Couldn't we say it that way? It is not through the law of works, but the law of faith. Okay. But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this wise. Say not in thine heart who shall ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above, or who shall descend into the deep, that is to bring up Christ again from the dead. But what saith it? The word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart, that is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the A, heart, man believeth unto righteousness, and with the B, mouth, confession, is made unto what? C, salvation. A plus B equals C. Believing in the heart, confessing with the mouth, equals salvation. For the Scripture saith, Whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Now listen carefully. A plus B equals C. I believe in my heart. I say with my mouth. I get a result. Can you see that? A plus B equals C. I believe with my heart, I say with my mouth, I get a result. That's the law of faith. And that's exactly what Jesus taught. That's exactly what Paul is teaching right here. I must believe with my heart and say with my mouth and I will be saved. That's the law of faith. And you see it works. And it works to bring a person out of darkness into light. But now listen carefully. Here's a man who came to me wanted to talk about salvation. And this individual said he kept confessing that Jesus was Lord, but had no witness of the Spirit that he was saved. And I thought about the law of faith. Hmm. I said, you believe on Jesus? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I believe in Jesus. And you've confessed him as Lord, but you're not saved. Yep, that's right. Listen carefully. You know that you can... Confess, which is part B, right, yet not believe right, and it still won't work. Isn't that true? You can confess right, you can say right, but not believe in the heart right, and you know you still won't get C. Isn't that part of the law? You've got to believe right, confess right, to get the result. True? But I was puzzled because he said he believed on Jesus. And after a while of conversation, I was prompted in my spirit to say, just what do you believe about Jesus? And when I said that, he said, what do you mean? I said, do you believe that Jesus was Jehovah manifested in the flesh? He said, oh, no, I don't believe that. I said, what was your background? He said, well, my family is uh, Jehovah's Witnesses. Oh, I said, now I can locate you. I know where you're coming from now. 
See, he had me somewhat stumped because he said he believed on Jesus. I said, well, then I see what your problem is. You don't believe that Jesus was Jehovah manifest in the flesh. You've been taught all your life that Jesus was just a God, that Jesus was a prophet and a good teacher. I said, your problem is you don't believe right. So you can confess all you want. But because you don't believe right, you won't get right. I said, you will never have the witness in your spirit that you're saved until you believe that Jesus was Jehovah God manifest in the flesh. And I had to take him into some other scriptures to point them out to him to show him that that's exactly who Jesus was. You see that? And you see then, when that person believed right, there's no problem then with the witness because you see, A plus B will always equal C. So I saw what the problem was. Just like in mathematics, you go through the whole thing and you see, oh, see right over here, you made a mistake in part B. And that's why you didn't get the result. And you know when you make a mistake up there, you know you're going to have mistakes down here. And I said, that's exactly what you did wrong. You confessed that Jesus was your Lord. You died, he died for your sins. He believed that. But he didn't believe in his deity. Do you see that? You can't get saved without believing on the deity of Jesus Christ. And, you know, once you get that changed, then, of course, you'll get a result. Well, now I want you to see something else here that's very important to our believing. In verse 14, this man was taught all his life the wrong way. Therefore, his heart was programmed to believe the wrong way. How many of you know that for the most part, we believe things that do not align with the Word of God? And for the most part, we've been taught most of our lives things that didn't align with the Word of God. Now listen to this. Verse 14. How then shall they call on Him in whom they have not what? Believed. And how shall they believe in Him of whom they have not heard? If we don't hear properly, we can't believe properly. If we don't believe properly, we can confess all we want. You're not properly using A, the first part of the formula. You don't believe properly about things. And until we get A aligned with the Word of God, you can confess all you want. You're not going to get C, the result that you want. Let's go on. And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good news. But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah saith, Lord, who hath believed our report? So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Now, beloved, believing is the result of hearing. And if that's true, then what we have heard is either going to affect us favorably or unfavorably. And if what we have heard over the years does not align with the Word of God, it is going to take work to get that out of us and put the right kind of believing on the inside of us. To be frank about it and to be honest about it, how many of you really heard a whole lot about how effective your words are before becoming a Christian and entering into the faith message. I mean, if you heard a lot about it before that, raise your hands. I don't see anybody raising a hand. I don't know a whole lot about what my words could do. How many of you knew your words could heal you before you became a born-again child of God and entered into the faith walk? How many of you knew that? Do you know what you've been taught all your life? Do you know what I've been taught all my life? Do you know what we have heard all of our lives? No wonder our believer is wrong. Right? No wonder our believer is confused. Many have been taught that Christians are wimps. Only sinners saved by grace Worms in the dust and have no right to approach God except 
on their knees, slipping in the back door. Right? See? Your believer is wrong. You've got to deprogram that believer. We've been taught to believe wrong. Incorrect believing. You know how many were taught that God makes you sick? God's doing that to you. I've heard someone say, God will get you. God will get you. I'm telling you, God will get you. And then when He gets you, He'll give you a good whipping. Did you ever hear that? My goodness. Your believer's wrong. See, we've been taught to believe wrong. So if we believe wrong, we're going to confess. We can actually, we can try to even confess right. But if our believer's wrong, if we don't deal with the believer, we can confess all we want. We're not going to have A lining up with the Word of God so that A plus B will equal C. And so now we've got a job on our hands. Let me give you an example. Someone has been taught this. He has heard this. Let's put it this way. He has heard this since he was a youth. Your, grand, your great-grandfather died of heart disease. Your grandfather died also at a young age, like his, your great-grandfather, of heart disease. When you were very young, your dad died of the same heart disease. It is hereditary. And we want to protect you all that we can, as much as we can, because you probably will have the same heart disease. He's heard this ever since, a little boy. Faith cometh by what? And hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing, and hearing. So don't go out for soccer. So don't go out for Little League. And so don't play basketball. And don't play football. And don't do anything at all that would be damaging to your heart because of your condition which was handed down to you from great-grandpa. Do you see that? And this little boy has heard this all of his life. And his name is Pistol Pete Maravich. One of the finest basketball players to ever play the game. And so he said, I'll never reach my 40th birthday. And as the story goes, the man died. If I'm not mistaken, like about a day before his 40th birthday. The day before his 40th birthday, he died of a heart condition. And he said all of his life he would. He said it all of his life. I'll never reach my 40th birthday because my dad died. My, my, my grandfather died it's right on down. And I, I died too. Listen carefully, beloved. These ears are blessed. Jesus said, people have longed to hear what your ears are about to hear. Did He not say that? Oh, they have longed to hear what I have to say to you. Hmm. Glory to God. I'll tell you what. Turn with me to Proverbs 16. I want you to see something here. We cannot act beyond our development. And a big problem in the faith message, beloved, is due to the fact that many have tried to act beyond their development. Do you understand that? They've tried to act beyond their development, thinking that you can just say it anytime, anywhere, any place, anyhow, didn't matter what it was, say it a few times and you'll get it. And many have failed as a result of lack of development in these things. You can't jump into the middle of calculus class and sit down and start taking a test with the boys. Can you? If you've never studied, if you don't know it, if you don't know the laws, the principles and the formulas, can you? I'm going to do the same thing. 
It doesn't work that way. It works the same for everybody. We have got to learn the laws, the formulas, and the principles, and then develop in them. And then A plus B will equal C. This young man that I'm talking about needed to hear some things and develop in those things to prevent that hereditary disease from taking his life. And I want to show you that. In verse 21, Proverbs 16, let's start with 20. He that handleth a matter wisely shall find good. And whoso trusteth in the Lord, happy is he. The wise in heart shall be called prudent, and the sweetness of the lips increaseth learning. Understanding is a wellspring of life unto him that hath it, but the instruction of fools is folly. The heart of the wise teacheth his mouth and addeth learning to his lips. Pleasant words are as a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and health to the bones. That person needed to hear that. He needed to hear in Revelation 12, 11, that believers overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And he needed to add that learning to his lips. To ask God for understanding of it. So that his heart would begin to believe that although great-grandpa died from heart disease, and although grandpa died from heart disease, and although daddy died from heart disease, I say, I'm of a new family. I'm washed in the blood. I have new blood flowing through my veins. And it's not going to pass on to me. It stops right here. It's the word of my testimony. I believe in my heart that the blood of Jesus was shed for me. I'm of a royal family. I'm of a royal lineage. Thank God for the blood of Christ that courses through my veins. Blood disease. I curse you. Heart disease, I curse you. Are you listening carefully? But you see, that, oh, precious are those words to the ears of those that need to hear it. Know how the church has lacked in in communicating effectively the truth of God's Word. He needed to hear. How does faith come? It cometh by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. What did Romans 10, 16 say? But Lord, who believes our report? See, beloved, he heard all his life the negative report, the evil report, the report of the doctor, the report of the, of the mom and the dad and everybody else who chimed in and gave the report that this is what's going to befall you, etc., etc., etc. And the fellow never really had the opportunity to hear the good, glad tidings of great joy, the good report of the Word of God that says, Christ bore it for you. Christ took it for you. And what He bore, you need not bear. There shall no evil befall you, nor any plague come nigh your dwelling. He'll give His angels charge over you, and they will keep you in all of your ways. They'll bear you up in their hands. He needed to hear Christ redeemed you from the curse of of the law, poverty, sickness, and death. He needed to hear, bless the Lord, O my soul, who forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases and redeemeth my life from destruction. See? But those ears didn't hear, so how could he believe? How could he believe if he is not heard? How can he hear unless someone preach? They preach the wrong thing. Who hath, what did Isaiah say? Who hath believed our report? To whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Can you see that? This is our report. That's the world's report. What has the world reported to us? Thank God we're world overcomers. 
And this is the victory, even our faith. What has the Lord Jehovah God reported? What has the Lord Jesus Christ reported? What has the Spirit of God reported? Can you see that? Our ears need to hear so our hearts can believe. So that we can say and overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. And then A plus B equals C. And we get a result. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.